You're listening to the Flame Central Podcast, your home for Liberty University Athletics. The Orange squeeze out a win over the Flames on Friday night, 24-21. Rhett may not be here today, but guess who took his seat for the podcast? Controversy. And you don't want to miss what she has to say. Plus, what's the big positive coming out of the loss? And we look ahead to another tough test on the road in UAB. Now from our studio at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, here's your host, Emily Austin, with Matt Warner and Rhett McGibbon. All right, we have a lot to break down in this Syracuse Liberty game from Friday night. You know, there's going to be some tough questions and and, um, controversy that we get to. You know, there's a lot going on on social media with the in-game management, the late-game management. Um, but before we get to that, I want to be positive, you know, that's because just that's your how natural works. Self. Yeah. Exactly. That's be positive. That's why we want to how we want to start our week on Mondays. You're special. People like you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my therapy appointment's yeah. Thursday, so we're, I'm, I'm. Oh, we're talking about football. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, um, you know, obviously. I feel like it's simple to say that the the Flames could have won this game. Oh, yeah, definitely. The the Flames should have won this game. Um, But again, we're going to focus on the positives. Matt, what is something you saw out of this performance on Friday night that gives you some hope for the rest of the season? So a few things. Uh, The first thing I I saw is a coaching staff that can make in-game adjustments. And Mm -hmm. I think we've seen that before. uh, But you saw it again here tonight, or Friday night, I should say. The way the defense performed in the second half. In some ways, similar to what we saw against Old Dominion. Remember, second half, they flipped the switch. The defensive line got after it, and they shut them out. The defense played much better in half number two. The offense got into a rhythm in the second half. You started seeing Malik Willis connect with his receivers, especially on the outside. And so I think in-game adjustments and a coaching staff's ability to make those is one of the more underrated uh, characteristics of a coaching staff. I think it's so critical, and this is a coaching staff that can do that. A couple other quick things that were positives for me. Story Jackson is a stud. Oh, he is an yeah. absolute stud. He made a few plays in that game that you're just like, How man, in the world? this yeah. is a dude. And so he, that's that's great to see him in the athleticism. And finally, the other positive really was, was that roof. I mean, did you see all the colors? Did you see all the colors <laughs> on that roof? Oh, like, that colors. was like, My I mean, gosh. it was like seeing a rainbow for the very oh, first time. How was, much yeah. of the broadcast was talked about if, that stadium? Yeah, it there were a lot. There, a lot. Uh, a if, lot. If you, I want to know how many minutes total. How many spent. mentions of newly renovated Carrier Dome, like it, in that exact uh, phrase, like they wore it out. They wore new, it out. It's it, the loud house. It's a loud yeah, house. It was it's a Carrier Dome. Yeah. The only, actually, the only other thing it I enjoyed. Can I give you one other thing I enjoyed during the game? This sure, is man. kind of off the beaten path. It was fourteen nothing. People start getting a little tense, right, on social media, and I'm I'm on Twitter and whatever, and, and wa- as I'm watching the game, and I loved at that point, beat writer Damien Sordelet and the A Sea of Red Twitter account start snapping at each other about <laughs> grammatical errors oh in tweets God. and like missed kind of quoting a statistic, and they start like snapping back oh, and forth. That's, that's so when you knew, like, oh, oh boy, tensions are high. We've button. got Twitter accounts of beat writers and fan sites going at each other. Uh, oh, tension was high at that yeah. point. But, you know, good to see the Flames battle back. And, uh, yeah, you said it. They had some chances to win it late, certainly. 
What did you see out of this game, Joe? From a positive perspective? For, let's start with a positive. Yes. Yeah, definitely the positive is, you know, when you go on the road against a much improved Syracuse team, yeah. they were they were much better physically. The way they ran the football was they were pretty knocked up last year. No, yeah. when, when Liberty went to play them on the road, banged up. They, that's a lot. <laughs> I know what let's you meant. Let's use banged yeah. up. Yeah, when I say yeah. knocked up. Gosh, yeah. it is a Monday. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you meant. Let's stay away from getting yeah. knocked yeah. up. Yeah, um, but we should take that out. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, no, just roll with it. Uh, th- no, but from a positive perspective, I really, really lo- I liked how the Flames players competed. I'm with Matt. The, the The coaches made adjustments, but if the coaches make adjustments, those adjustments don't do mean anything if you don't have a team that's willing to compete. Mm. And I thought defensively they were willing to compete. I thought offensively they were willing to compete. And so their ability to get down and get in a really tough football game, not press the panic button and say, guys, we're going we're gonna to be tough, we're going to grind it out, and we're going to find a way to give us an opportunity to win this football game. I have, I have a great deal of respect for the Liberty players and their ability to hang tough and, comp- and compete in a very tough game where Syracuse had a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you knew, you knew at the at, and this is why I don't like this stuff, because it always comes back to bite you. At the end of the game, you listen to Dino Baber's uh, interview oh, yeah. Yeah. when he threw out there, "Hey, welcome to New York, New York." Yeah. You know, they they uh, yeah. they were they had that in their craw for for over a year, and the, Syracuse Syracuse hit him in the mouth, and but the Flames didn't roll over. They came right back, and they I, I think they competed really hard. So if you missed that from last season, after the Flames beat Syracuse on the road, they were in the locker room playing the. New York. Yeah. yeah what? Yeah. What's? How does that go again, yeah, so, Joe? Uh, yeah, something. New York, New York. Stop spreading. No, the that. No, I think that was. That you're wasn't going, it. You're going I Sinatra. Think it, I think yeah, they were Sinatra. doing the. Uh, was it? Was that Alicia what's Keys? Na- Alicia yeah. Keys. I like Sinatra way better. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That one. Yeah. So th- I'm sure that that uh, gave him you a little sang extra. It about as well as Dino did. Thank actually. you. You know, so the Flames erase that 14 point second half deficit and go to tie the game in the fourth. Going into this game, I want to say that I saw a tweet that had four teams, college football teams, that have not had a turnover all season. Well, it was the, the offense hadn't. Yeah, you yes. had the one on the punt return. But, yeah, the offense hadn't had a turnover. Yeah, yeah so obviously that was um, a late the, – this late fumble led to the 35-yard field goal as time expired uh, to give the Orange the win – in the beautiful Carrier Dome, if right. you haven't newly noticed, renovated. then uh, it was newly renovated. Yeah, they have yeah, a light show, yeah. and they can change the lights during the broadcast. Um, anyways, so a lot of fans are going to be questioning this in-game, late-game management. Where do you see, I guess, the issue, the need for improvement in that area, Matt? Yeah, so again, these are kind of personal preferences, I guess, uh, for me, so Before you start, can you just say your coaching resume and and how much experience you've had? (laughs) Well, listen, if you had seen me coach the kindergarten first grade soccer team I had on uh, Saturday, I I would lose all credibility because (laughs) we got trounced and I was ticked. Uh, but anyway, uh, oh, that doesn't matter. I did, was not making good. I was not like, making good in-game adjustments. He, no. Matt, Matt's probably over there, like flipping the bleachers, and the kids yeah. are like, "Dad, what are you yeah, doing?" Yeah, no, my kids would <laughs> expect it. The other kids would be a surprise. No, so personally, I here's what I like. I like being aggressive early because you don't know exactly where the game's going to go. So here's here's what I'm getting at. The two fourth down calls, I would have flipped personally. 
So early in the game, first drive, you have fourth and three, you're driving, you're on the Syracuse 18. That's when I go. Kind of like in baseball. I don't want to sacrifice bunt in the first inning and play for one run then because you may need nine runs to win. Right. You know what I mean? So so that's when I'm aggressive. Set the tone there. You go for it. They didn't. They kicked the field goal. Obviously, they missed. So then you get into the end game situation. Eight minutes left. You're on the two-yard line, fourth and goal, tied up. At that point, you know what the game flow is. You have, for lack of a better term, you have data, right? You have the whole game to see how it's going. You've seen your defense on the last three drives for Syracuse has held them to one total first down. They've made the adjustment. So the game, you know what it is now, and you know how your defense is playing. And so at that point, I think you take the points, you look back at your defense and say, get the job done. Which, oh, by the way, they did on that ensuing mm-hmm. possession. And, and I think part of that is a shift maybe in, in we talk so much about teams taking on the identity of a coach. I think sometimes a coach also needs to adjust to the identity of his team. And I think you would say to this point, the defense has been better than this Liberty offense. This isn't a defense that gives up 45 a game, right? Yeah. And I understand going for a touchdown in that situation if you don't trust your defense to get the job done. I think the way they were playing, you kick the field goal. You also put the pressure then on a Syracuse offense that has played in front from in front the whole game that were not going to beat you throwing the ball. They finished the game with 77 passing yards. They weren't going to beat you throwing the ball. Mm-mm. You put the pressure on them, and you still have eight minutes left And so even if they go down, right, they're trailing. They can't afford to just milk the clock at that point. They need to get points on the board. So they would drive down. Even if they scored, you would have time to still get the ball back with a chance to do something. But, and I'll let, I know, Joe, you want to jump in. But the last thing, and even if you don't agree with that and you say they should have gone for it, whatever, that's fine. The most egregious part of that was the timeout they took before the fourth down play. You had to know what play you're going to run in that situation. You knew certainly that you were going to go for it in that situation because you'd been down in the five. You'd had even a review that had taken a bunch of time, so you had time to get everything, everybody on the same page. But they looked like some confusion on the fourth down play. They weren't sure or they didn't trust Malik to get it off because there was five seconds left on the play clock, so they used that timeout. Well, that timeout would have been very useful late in the game, right? And if you had kicked a field goal, that's no decision. You run them out there, you kick it, you never would have used the timeout in the first place. And then you would have had that when you needed to try to stop the clock late. So that was the bigger problem for me. The use of that timeout, those are so precious in games like this, and they didn't have it late. Okay, so in the film room that I did with Coach Freeze and Malik, I asked him about why, what is the deciding factor on whether or not you're going for it on fourth down? And I made a joke like, okay, if Malik Willis is under center, you're going for it, right? And he's like, yeah, that definitely helps, but it's analytics. He's big on analytics and he will follow analytics in order to make that decision, which sometimes, especially in the game of baseball, right? right? Like analytics are analytics, but at the end of the day, you just have to make a judgment gut feeling call based on that game. It's a tool. It's a tool. It's part of the decision, right? Yeah. But I think freeze made a point that this is like, I'm going for it because that's what the analytics showed. No matter what the game flow is. I'm just assuming that what are your, what's your reaction to that though? Um, Joe, well, first of all, the Matt Warner breakdown right there was, was pretty good. Was really good. Yeah, I mean, for with that, with his coaching resume to be able to put together, to be <laughs> you able to put, expect it, you wouldn't expect no, that no. because that's my big thing. It's and I had this conversation with somebody the other day about analytics and and then balance a feel, 
Right. Like, they, mm-hmm. like, people go analytics crazy. They can't weigh everything. They, they'll lose out because, and then there's people like, ah, I just sort of feel like we should do this and I'm not going to follow any analytics. It's taking the two of them and balancing those two out. And that was, you know, the breakdown right there that, that basically Matt game is that the, the flow of the game was like, yeah, our defense is playing really well. Analytics may say go for it, but, you know, at that point, we battle all the way back. We need to take the points. However, with that being said, yeah. I. And as a as a former coach, I don't get into. I rarely ever question play calling. Rarely ever. And the, re- and yeah. the reason I do that is because I'm not in the film room breaking down these guys for you know hours upon hours putting together game plans and everything. Like, oh, and you're sitting there as an armchair quarterback. Oh, we should have done this. We should have done that. And blah blah all those things. Like who knows? Hugh Freeze may have said, you know what? We get in this fourth and two. I agree. Not calling timeout, but. We got a decision to make, and we've got in this deep formation, they've given us this defensive look. We got the play set up for that defensive look. Our confidence is extremely high that we're going to make that play, and that's the reason why we went for it. Okay, so I'd like, okay, you didn't get it, right? Right. You can always second guess after you don't get it. So rarely do I ever get in like, boy, that was a really bad play call, okay, and they shouldn't have gone for it. Using the timeout, 100% agree. Yeah. You got to know that's your job. You got to know. The part that got me more than anything, which got in my craw, was the simple fact that you never gave your ch- your kids a chance to win the game at the very end with right. that last time out. Okay, so if you start doing the numbers and and if you're big in analytics, right, the analytics would definitely tell you there would have been about 18 seconds left yeah. in the game once they they needed to call call the timeout on fourth down, and if they would have called that timeout you would have given Malik Willis a chance to probably have two to three plays to put them in field goal range and have the opportunity for Alex Barbier, who's a, who's a kid who's not having a great season so far, but has a big leg. He, he's, has a big leg, and he's done it in clutch times against Virginia Tech, for example, 50-some-yard field goal, right? So you put him in, and that's the part that gets me more than anything, is like your job as a coach is to be able to put yourself, your kid's job is to play, your job is to put those kids in a position to, to win the game and give them every opportunity to win the game. And when you save the timeout to call it with one second left to ice the kicker, like the guy was the Lou Groza award. He didn't care about icing him. I want the ball back with 18, 20 seconds left and have an opportunity to win the game. That's what bothers me more than anything. Right. So the setup is if they had used that last timeout, they would have used it. There would have been 20 seconds left. So you kick the field goal. Let's say, heck, let's say it used five seconds even. And that's probably on the, on the long side for that field goal. 15 seconds whatever happens from there, like you've got a quarterback that can throw yeah. in 70 yards. Like even if you don't get in a position where you feel like, okay, Barbier can let it rip from 58 or something like that. You've got a quarterback that can throw it 70, throw it up there. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. Maybe you Give get a, a penalty and then maybe you are in field goal range. Like, like that. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I, I don't, I didn't understand that, and I didn't hear. And, and the clock stops in college football after you get a first down. Right. So you can take a shot down the middle, right, which everybody's going to sure. protect the edges. If you have 15 you, seconds, you absolutely. Have 15 seconds, you can take a shot down the middle, run up the clock, stop, ground it, I mean, clock it real quick. You may have time to throw another quick out. But the point is, is that these kids show up every day. They're giving you all they have. They're in the offseason. They're up at 6 o'clock in the morning. They're busting their humps and doing everything. You have to – that is – that is black and white. That what? is a clear yeah. decision. Use the timeout to give yourself an opportunity. Is it still a long shot? Absolutely. Yes. But it's a shot. But it's a shot. But it's a shot. 
All right. Well, it, looking forward to seeing you guys not call the next game, but um, <laughs> maybe not, be, I'm, being I'm on not, the sidelines again, coaching. No, I'm going to be again. very, very careful what I my comments are but, you know, <laughs> because once I want to get back I, in the film room. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, once I'm again, I'm I 100. percent I'm not questioning play call. I'm not questioning, game. I'm not questioning going for it and kicking the field goal. Those are all in coach decisions. That that a game plan decisions. Like no, that's I have no clue. I have no clue what the time and effort that those coaches put together in order to come up with that game plan and the decisions they make in play calling. We should have done this, should have done that. I don't even get involved in that. Yeah. But what I would get is like, that's just like, it bothers me immensely. And it's not, you see this all the time that there are coaches out there in all of college football, NFL football, yeah. that when you get in black and white issues on clock management, how can you foul it up that bad? Like this isn't this isn't a well well I don't like using the time no no this is clear I want to give my team the best opportunity to win I'm calling a timeout with 20 seconds left and a conversation yeah. well it doesn't get any easier as the Flames continue against UAB this upcoming week on the road before we get to that and we need our Flames fantasy right. um, updates on those points I'm sure Joe Yak are you in the negatives with yeah, with be. this yeah, I don't know it's um, not pretty. But I would say, like, especially early in the game, and this isn't, like, looking at the stat sheet and the analytics, but um, the defense just didn't – the Flames defense just didn't seem as – I don't know. They just didn't seem like they were playing together and on the same page as much as they have been in other games. Was that just kind of I don't know. Like, like, maybe or, I think in a lot of games you kind of had that kind of feeling out like part of it early in a game where you're kind of like, you know, kind of like in a boxing match, you're kind of feeling out your opponent. Remember, this was a quarterback. Liberty didn't know which quarterback exactly. was going to play. Yeah. That has um, to be very difficult. So you're kind of trying to feel out like, what are they going to do with this guy? How mm. are they going to use him? And then quickly you realize, oh, really, they're not. They're just going to hand the ball off and try to run it down yeah. your throat. And their running back is very good. So, that back so, was good. Yeah, he is really good. That back was really good. Um, he, he is really good. And, and But again, you hold him to 24, I have a hard time putting this – game on the defense you know what oh, I mean yeah like, no I, I, I'm, I, I I'm think, definitely not doing I think that they, they did no. enough to win um and and they made the adjustments I think if you want to say anything uh we've seen now two weeks in a row a big change second half compared to first half oh, for sure so going into UAB maybe that that's a point uh you know that that uh coach Simons is going to bring up with like hey we can't afford to wait until the second yeah. half to figure mm -hmm. things out we've got to bring it right out of the gate yeah your margin of error is getting tight yeah you know they say again well you can play sort of bad this half but the team you're playing against is man man you can figure it out but now as you get into the meat of the schedule right now it's like you got to play good all the way around I saw a comment on one of the tweets of you know all the um controversy on the, the late game management there is a reminder here you know, Liberty, would you say, is a majority two, three-star athletes? Like, this is still an ACC opponent that sure. they're going up against. 100%. The ACC team should be winning yeah. and outplaying Liberty. Here's what I'll say about this game. The pain that Liberty fans feel is the good kind, right? Because the expectations have been built to such a level yep. that you expect to win yeah. a game against an ACC opponent. That's crazy, right? Who would have thought that this, you know, early in Liberty's FBS era it's, there's a lot of teams around the country that don't feel this pain. They feel that dull pain every week knowing <laughs> we're we about to do? get smashed. <laughs> like, hey, you could be a Florida State fan right yeah. now. All right? Yeah, exactly. Let's put it that way. The pain they feel is a lot different yeah. than, than what Liberty fan is feeling right now. And so, yeah, the expectations have risen to the point where you expect to win these games, and that is a good thing. 
and it, yeah, it hurts and you're questioning and all of that that goes into, you know, happens after every loss. But man, this program has come a long yeah. way fast and there's still a lot of big games on the horizon this season. A lot can still be accomplished, but you you better turn it, like get your mind right quick. Oh yeah. You don't want that whole one loss turn into two. Like you let one loss beat you twice because UAB is going to be a problem next week if you're not locked in. Yeah. One more thing before we get to that. So Malik Willis was sacked six times and yeah. that six sack was resulting in the first turnover of the Liberty offense of the 2021 season. Where is the concern lie with Malik and, and these sacks building up? Is it him trying to make a play when the play is dead? Or um, obviously the, the Liberty offensive line is still a little banged up. So is it is it that or or where where can those sacks be reduced moving forward? Yeah, you, you're you're playing better teams that have better front seven, so they're going to get more pressure on the quarterback. But Malik Willis knows that he's the best player on the field, so he's going to try to make plays, and so that's part of what makes him great right. is that you can't be hesitant about the your opportunities to make plays. Now you have to manage that. Okay, and that's very difficult to do. I think the one thing that hasn't been talked about, which is really hurting the offense and their explosiveness, is don't get me wrong, Liberty has a great quarterback and they have some really good receivers, but not having DJ Stubbs yeah, that, that's, available to that's them, sure. that that kid is in he he's a he's a fiery competitor. And on top of that, he's a really good football player. And so having him in the lineup and being part of your offense energizes everybody. And he makes a ton of big plays. So having DJ Stubbs out of the lineup is is a big loss for them right now. That's a good point. But yeah, I think with Malik, it is. When you've made so many spectacular plays, you just assume you're always going yeah. to be able to make the play. Mm -hmm. And then when you're facing a, an athlete that's at another level than what you see most weeks, it kind of sneaks up on you. What I would say is, and, and Malik was even asked about this last week leading into the game. And he said, yeah, it's something I need to work on. I think recognizing the pressure like on that fumble, like they brought the blitz. You got to recognize that and speed up your clock. Like yeah. you have to, you just have to, like you have to see it and know I got to get rid of it. And it, that it didn't happen. And so, yeah, that's, those are things that, that you hope he'll continue to learn. And, and, uh, but yeah, when you're such a great athlete, you always think, well, I'll find a way. Yeah. I'll figure out a way to, and, and it's tough because you have to understand, like, when you put yourself in the quarterback's brain, he's standing up there, he's reading the defense. He's trying to think, okay, I got to, I go here with the ball. I could go here with the ball. If that's not there. Then that's not, while he's telling the offensive line, he's got all these right. things going there. Like, this is a lot harder than he's like, oh, then, then it breaks down on you. And, oh yeah, by the way, I was supposed to get rid of the ball quicker. Yeah. Like that, that takes time. It's all within like it half a second. It happens too. really fast. I don't, I don't know so if I can handle tough. that. Um, so looking ahead for our Matt's minute yeah. and our Yawk talk, are we talking UAB or I do you want to? Okay. Yeah. Um, so UAB is actually the favorite in this game. I believe it. So that's interesting. Um, By how why? much? One and, one and a half. One and a half. Well, so UAB is three and one on the year. They just beat Tulane on the road. Remember Tulane gave Oklahoma all they wanted week one. Tulane won that game 28-21 or UAB did rather. UAB is opening up their new stadium against Liberty. So they've been playing kind of on the road the last three weeks. Brand new stadium. You'd expect it to be packed. Now, I don't know if it'll be as loud as the newly renovated Carrier Dome. but Wait, this is their first game in the new stadium? Yeah. Oh, wow. So so it should be rocking. Here's the thing about UAB. They love to run the football. 
This season, they average 43 rush attempts per game. That's old school. And so that's you got to stop the run. First and foremost, I think that's where you start defensively. You have to be able to slow down the run, and, and you go from there. But this is going to be a really good team. And, and, I mean, guys, listen, you look at the schedule the rest of the way, it doesn't get easier. Nope. You know what I mean? Like, there's some tough games out there the rest of the way. It is going to be a dogfight the rest of the way. And so the Flames have to be able to get their minds right quickly because you drop another one here on the road, and that's where you know things can kind of start to slide on you. So, yeah, they need to get it right and, and get off to a fast start. I think yeah, that's the Yeah, it says well. Blazers games this season feature an average total of 52.2 points. That's a lot of points that they put up. Uh, or maybe oh, they're talking about total. Well, Both teams are total. They're, yeah, that they're, might be total. Yeah. So they, well, here's what they've done. Oh, their games. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, you're right. You're right. But here's, here's I was about who, to be like, whoa. Here's what that's they've done so far. They beat Jacksonville State 31 0. Jacksonville right? State's good. That's a good FCS program. They lost to Georgia 56 7, whatever. It doesn't count. Jacksonville State's who beat yeah. FSU, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they th- then UAB goes on the road to North Texas, who Liberty will play later this year. They beat them forty to six. That's a surprise. Oh, wow. And then beat Tulane on Saturday. So this is a really good this is a good program. Yak talk. Well, Yak talk would be that about them bouncing back. Yeah, about them bouncing back right now. It's like I the what Matt said earlier is like the old saying, don't get beat by the same team twice, is that you know what? The discussion's been had. Everybody's had their grievances and whatnot. Now you got to turn the page. You got to show up to practice. This is this is good for your football program. This is the process of taking the next step. Where it's not like okay, we played Syracuse on the road. Now we get Glenville State the next week. Yeah. You know, this is like hey, this if you want to run with the big dogs, right? You got to get off the porch. And so mm-hmm. right now they're starting to play, and the, and it's going to be very interesting to see how. Liberty response to this. And I think their co- their coaching staff competed hard. The players competed hard. Sure, there were some mistakes made. But this is the kind of group, as they come together, that I think is going to put it behind them, show up, and play an excellent football game on the road again. And and it, I think it also is going to help them that they did play in Syracuse in the Dome. And it was a bit, little bit louder in there for them. And Hugh Freeze even acknowledged that the, that the noise did get to him a little bit. And the lights. And the lights got Gosh, to him. blinding. The blinding lights and got to him. And so to be able to go into another hostile environment with a more experience, I, I'm looking forward to see how the Flames are going to compete. And I think they're going to compete great. I, I agree. Um Happy birthday to Coach Freeze, by the way. Today is his birthday, so oh, hopefully there's nice. some celebrating yeah. out at practice yeah. and not, uh, you know, too rough of a <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah. But, um, okay, so I don't know if you guys it's have been keeping time track. Take a timeout. Um, you don't need to. You don't need to know how to count that high to to know Joe Yock's fantasy Flames uh, fantasy yeah, points. It's, a, but before, it's a sham. The whole thing's <laughs> yeah. a sham. I know I'll, because I'll, Matt Warner's always winning, yeah, and no, he's the one who sorry, takes guys. the points. Yeah. Uh, or adds up the points. So this is basically like our own little um, fantasy league within the Flames. No quarterbacks. We each got to choose earlier in the season three offensive players, two defensive players. All of uh, Joe Yock's team is injured. Matt, what's the <laughs> update on the true. teams? Okay, so this week, Rhett scored 16.7 points. His leading scorer, Story Jackson, who had of a great course. game. Uh, so he's up to 87 points total on the year. Emily up to 87.1. So we you're barely holding him off. You only had 11 and a half yeah. points. Your leading scorer is Skylar Thomas. Uh, Joe you know, we don't scored 6.9. He's at 33 yeah, and a half Wow, points. I think I had that week one. Yeah, he, uh, but he's, you know, Stubbs has been hurt. Uh, Darrell Johnson missed a game. Noah Frith was out. Yeah. Stetson Moore has been used sparingly, so it's it's tough yeah. for Joe right now. 
Wait, um, Noah Frith was no early not on. early oh, in the year. Oh, early I in was the year. like, yeah, yeah. I've been no. on injury reserve, but there's no substitutes. Right. Joe's okay, you know the what? Bug to make hard. you feel better, yeah. you should just pick somebody that has the, scored the most points. Right. Doesn't even matter. Offense, defense, and I bet you still would be losing if you take out one of your injured guys. Up to this point in the season, find oh. somebody with the most points. You're still losing. Can we? Can it's we? It's been a tough year. All right. Okay. Can, we, add, add, can ahead. we add some people so, for injured right. people? <laughs> so if you did the math, I scored more this week than all three of you combined. Uh, it was 50 points. Oh my gosh, he's Demario so Douglas had a great game. So Wait, CJ time Daniels, out. you scored 50 points. Yeah, Shadro. I had scored more points this week than Joe has on the entire year. Uh, well, just for, it's hard to score when just you don't for have guys playing. Right, right. So I'm up to 160 <laughs> points on the year and, and threatening to run away with it. But, you know, it's not about that. It's about the experience, you know. <laughs> oh, my. He always yeah. says that whenever he's, you know, yeah. winning. Anyways, thank you so much for joining us for this week's Flame Central podcast. Looking forward to Let's seeing. Let's have a victory podcast next week. What do you say? Yes. it's They're way more fun. They are. You know, like when you win. the flames and the flames and the flames. When the flames win and we have like our suggestions of like, oh, Malik could have done a little better here. Coach yeah, yeah. Freeze here. You know, those are way more fun when it actually yeah. ends in a victory. But looking forward to seeing them bounce back at UAB. Um, guys, thanks for all your insight. Matt Warner, Thank we're going to go get him fan a, the flames, a Coach Warner shirt. Fan the flames. See you next time. Flame, 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 flames.